Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. You know, I love all my guests. I really do. But I was so impressed with today's guest. I'm going to build him up so much he's going to go, ah! Um, But, uh, you know, he is one of our youngsters, and but doing so much fabulous work at an early age. I can't wait to see where this young man goes from here. So please welcome me, join me in welcoming Nick Hutchinson to our program today. Welcome, Nick. How are you? Deb, I am amazing. You have fantastic energy and there's no place I'd rather be. I love talking to people who are just as interested in personal development and business. And, you know, we really are going to have a great conversation because we're going to be talking about several things that I think are just absolutely fantastic. So let me tell people a little bit about you. So Nick Hutchison is the author of Rise of the Reader, Strategies for Mastering Your Reading Habits and Applying What You Learn. He is also the founder of Book Thinkers, a growing seven-figure digital marketing agency that serves mission-driven authors. At the age of 20, Nick discovered the world of personal development and quickly used the books he was reading to improve every aspect of his personal and professional life. Now, Nick has dedicated his life to helping millions of readers take action on the information they learn and rise to their potential. Oh my gosh, Nick. I mean, you know, all the wonderful authors that I get to interview. I was brought up to be a reader. I mean, all of this. And like I said, this is just going to be so much fun. But I always like for my guests to tell us a little bit about where they got to, how they got to where they are today. So give us a little bit of that information. Well, it might surprise your listeners, Deb, to hear that Although I run book thinkers and I mm-hmm. read a hundred books a year, I did not grow up reading mm-hmm. books. I was not much of a student growing up. I was more of the jock stereotype. Mm-hmm. I played sports. I was captain mm-hmm. of the wrestling team. I played football and I wasn't in love with school. Right. So that continued through my college experience, mm-hmm. but I took this internship going into my senior year mm-hmm. of college at a local software company. Mm-hmm. It was a sales role. And my boss at the time, Kyle, introduced me to the world of podcasting. So just Mm -hmm. like a conversation like this, where Mm -hmm. a host consistently Mm -hmm. interviews guests and Mm -hmm. those guests talk about what they did to become Mm -hmm. successful. And I, Deb, I had about an hour commute each way Mm -hmm. to that summer internship. So I had a lot of time to listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. And as I started listening to these shows over and over and over again, I would hear the same book titles. Mm -hmm. All of these guests who are successful. I wanted to be just like them Mm -hmm. when I grew up. Mm -hmm. They were all talking about the books that helped them get there. Mm -hmm. And so after I heard these names over and over and over again, I thought to myself, you know, if I choose not to read these books, I'm literally choosing to live under my potential Mm -hmm. because they're giving me the roadmap. Mm -hmm. 
Right. They're telling me what they use mm-hmm. to become successful, mm-hmm. and I don't want to read these books. Mm-hmm. So I had a choice to make. Do I want to open myself up to something new, try something new, mm-hmm. or do I want to stay living under my potential? And thankfully, Deb, I decided mm-hmm. to go to my local Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble, sort of like list in hand. Mm-hmm. I walked in. I found all the books I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I grabbed a few extra, and I went back to that internship. And really for the rest of the summer, Mm -hmm. I decided to read those books. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that I did. I went from a non-reader to a reader Mm -hmm. almost instantly. Mm -hmm. And what's nice about that internship was that I had a private office. I had to be there for at least eight hours every Mm -hmm. day, but I didn't have a ton of responsibilities. And so I could work for a few hours. So you could screw around or? Yes, or read. And mm-hmm. that's what I decided to do. Mm-hmm. And so the rest is history. You know, that internship was, geez, it was almost 10 years ago now, mm-hmm. but I'm still in my twenties and I'm mm-hmm. still reading a ton of books. And uh, I absolutely love what these books can do for people. Right. I love it. You know, and, and I clearly read um, a lot of books or as, as we discussed before, heavy skim, um, because some I, I interviewed somebody last week whose book was 496 pages long. But, you know, it's, it is, it is such a way for people to increase their knowledge, improve themselves, you know, whatever you're wanting to do, you know, and yes, there are YouTube channels and there are podcasts and all of those things, but there's something about a book, um, you know, because it is much easier to go back and forth. You know, now I, I I treasure my books. I don't dog ear them. I don't write in them. Oh, you talked about that. It, it pained me. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it is, there is something about a book that it just, you know, and, and maybe it's, I, you know, I liked being a student and, you know, and, and so I started reading, reading very young. One of my most treasured memories is uh, when I was very young, my dad worked a lot. He worked for the state of Colorado and he was gone a lot. And, and, um, but when he was home for, you know, it seemed like hours, it was probably 10 minutes every night. He would read to me and, you know, and, and we read things like Misty of Chincoteague. I mean, clearly these were, you know, books for, for little girls, but that time of just he and I reading, was something that you know was was so important to both of us and and you know to to my mom too and it was interesting because my dad did not go past 8th grade but he read every single night and when he lost his vision my mom read to him and it was just such a part of kind of our little family culture that that I love it. And and it's funny because I'm married to a reader now who, you know, that is the same thing. And, and it's just so important. And whether you, you know, you talk about this in your book, whether you're reading fiction or, you know, something like a, a self-help book, you know, and, and all of the, the type of books that, that your company represents, there's just so many good things that come from that. Um, so tell us why reading? I'm going to sound like one of those old commercials. Why is reading so important? <laughs> well, in today's society, uh, we're scrolling through social media and we only give each piece of content a half a second before mm-hmm. we decide whether or not it's going to be a good fit for us mm-hmm. and entertain us. Reading is a it's an intimate, long-form experience. Mm-hmm. It improves your attention span. Mm-hmm. So whether you're reading nonfiction, fiction, or anything in between, because there's so many different genres mm-hmm. now, uh, reading a physical book 
that is something that you can practice. It's a form of deep work. It mm-hmm. improves your attention span. And that mm-hmm. skill set of deep work is transferable mm-hmm. to other areas of your mm-hmm. life. On top of that, you know, I say this about fiction. Reading a fictional book is one of the only places where the impossible becomes possible right. with the stroke of a pen. Mm-hmm. And that's Let's amazing. Just ask it Harry Potter about that, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it improves your creativity. It mm-hmm. opens you up to new, bigger, better mm-hmm. ideas. And I think that's a beautiful thing as well. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as nonfiction goes, personal development, business, philosophy, mm-hmm. psychology, these types of nonfiction, you can literally condense decades of somebody else's mm-hmm. experience into days. Right. You can read mm-hmm. about how to overcome a problem that you're facing. Mm-hmm. You can read about how to double down on a specific skill set mm-hmm. that you want to improve. And the reason that I think reading a physical mm-hmm. book is a better way to do that than mm-hmm. watching a YouTube video or something like that or going through a course is because of a book that I read called The Art of Learning by Mm -hmm. Joshua Waitskin. Mm -hmm. Joshua Waitskin was a chess champion, a martial Mm -hmm. arts champion, and he would study a subject so intensely that it would become part of his subconscious. And his subconscious would act on his behalf, Ah. identify opportunities Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to overcome a problem Mm -hmm. or improve a skill. And he was able to achieve this art of learning, this Mm -hmm. deep dive into a subject by reading multiple books on the same subject Mm -hmm. by studying all Mm -hmm. the case studies and the miscellaneous material. And you can't really get that in a book summary or a quick hit. You have to do that long form. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm a big fan of reading these Mm -hmm. books. Right. So I have to ask, physical book or digital? Which which do you prefer? I'm a physical book person. Uh, Just like you know, Mm -hmm. I love to write in my books. Not Mm -hmm. everybody's a fan. But uh, I love to write in my books. Mm-hmm. I love to take notes. I love to circle things, highlight things. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of benefits to reading an ebook. You can right. just highlight right within mm-hmm. the platform. You can export your notes. You can look mm-hmm. things up in real time. But there's something about a physical yeah, book for me. Yeah, that tactile, right? There's still yeah, what about a, you? an odor to it, things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you prefer? Uh, it's funny. For fiction, I do book books, so physical books. Um, for uh, for most of my business reading, I do more digital versions. Um, mm-hmm. But that, I'll be honest, is because when we have guests on who are authors, it's easier for them to send it to me as a digital version. Um, you know, and 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 it also saves them money. You know, there is really no need for them to send me a physical copy of the book. I love them. I have them all. You know, any of the books that an author has sent me, they are here on my bookshelves, which overflow. Um, at some point, I need to figure out like a business school or somebody to, to give these books to. But, but yeah, it's just easier for authors to provide me with a digital version. But yeah, there is there's something about that book. And, um, you know, and 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 I'm not I don't turn it upside down because my husband who collects books just no. I mean, that's that is you don't do that because that breaks the spine. I mean, you know, I, I treat my now I don't read with white gloves and things like that. But uh, but yeah, there is there's just something about having that book between your your fingers that it's almost like maybe you're absorbing the words through your fingers. Yeah, I think so too. You're downloading it directly mm-hmm. into your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. So your book, and again, it's it's a long title, but that's okay because it's an important title. So it's Rise of the Reader, Strategies for Mastering Your Reading Habits and Applying What You Learn. So why did you decide to write this? 
Over the years, I have built a big community of nonfiction readers. Mm-hmm. It's uh, on Instagram mainly. It's called Book Thinkers. We have over mm-hmm. 140,000 followers at the time of this recording. And mm-hmm. I have promoted a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And over time, hundreds of people in my community have reached out with some form of the following statement Hey, Nick. Thank you so much for recommending these amazing books. I found some books that I think can help me overcome the problems I'm facing Mm -hmm. and I've read them. I get excited about Mm -hmm. implementing the material, but I'm having a tough time translating that information into action and behavior change. Mm -hmm. I noticed that you're doing that. How Mm -hmm. are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And so I would do my best to answer those people. I might type out a few paragraphs Mm -hmm. or send them a voice note Mm -hmm. through Instagram DMs, but each and every time I would do that, I knew I was underserving my own community Mm -hmm. because I knew there was more I had to offer. I just didn't have it all typed out. I didn't Mm -hmm. have it all available. And so I decided to write the book. I decided Mm -hmm. to look back over the last five, six, seven years Mm -hmm. and say, what have I been doing to translate Mm -hmm. this information Mm -hmm. into action? It's a problem that a lot of nonfiction readers face. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to solve it for them Mm -hmm. because I figured it out. Like you had mentioned before, I figured it out when I was young and I'm able to take advantage Mm -hmm. of all of this information for the rest of my Mm -hmm. life. And Mm -hmm. I want everybody else to have access to that same feeling of Mm -hmm. gratitude and joy and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I decided to write the book. I love it. You know, and, and, and the book gives so many great tips on, on things. And, but I hear the same thing and, and, you know, let's be honest, I do the same thing. I skim a book quickly enough that I get. I comprehend it for the interview and then it goes on the shelf, Um, you know, and, and so I'm not really downloading that information. And that's one of the things that you talk about in your book is that we read it and it doesn't stick. And as you said, that's why you wrote the book. So, you know, let's go through some of the tips that you have on how to really absorb and put to use, because you talk about the folks who read it and go, Oh, that's great next. <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, so, so let's go through some of the tips that you have on how you can really, you know, as you're reading that book, absorb and, and, and retain, you know, what the, the, the thing is. So let's start at, yeah, as they would say, let's start at the beginning. What happens when some, when you first get a book? So I love to set an intention mm-hmm. for each book that I'm reading. And here's why. So many times, Deb, I'll meet somebody at a conference mm-hmm. or somebody from my community will ask to jump mm-hmm. on a quick Zoom call and right. ask some questions. And I'll say, what are you reading? Mm-hmm. And they'll tell me and I'll say, why? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Why? Well, why are you right. reading the book you're reading? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I it saw was it on Instagram. Top, it was, or, yeah. Uh-huh. It yeah, was on somebody the shelf. Recommended it. it was on the <laughs> shelf. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't read with an intention, Mm -hmm. you're much less likely to take action. So here's what I like Mm -hmm. to do. I like to set an intention for Mm -hmm. each book that I'm reading. Mm -hmm. And if that intention, your goal for the book can fit the SMART goal framework, Mm -hmm. that's even better. Right. So if your goal can be specific, Mm -hmm. measurable, attainable, Mm -hmm. actionable, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it, written and relevant, Mm -hmm. time bound, you're much more likely to Mm -hmm. take action. So here's a book I plan on starting soon. Okay. Uh, I just happen to have it on my desk. It's called Uh Amplify Your Influence. And the subtitle is Transform How You Communicate and Lead. So if I I just aimlessly- I think I need that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I just aimlessly read this book, Mm -hmm. I might take action and improve my ability to communicate, but Mm -hmm. it's not guaranteed. Right. But if instead I set an intention such Mm -hmm. as, 
I'd like to find and implement at least two strategies Mm -hmm. to improve my communication Mm -hmm. by the end of next week. Right. All of a sudden that's specific, Mm -hmm. it's measurable, Mm -hmm. it's attainable Mm -hmm. and actionable. I'm going to write it in my activity tracker and it's relevant to my life Mm -hmm. and it's time bound. Mm -hmm. Now I'm so much more likely to take action on the book. Mm -hmm. And so I like to write that intention on the inside cover Mm -hmm. and review it each and every time I read a few Ah, chapters because our brains have this natural filtering Mm -hmm. system called an RAS, a reticular activating system. Mm -hmm. And if I read that intention, so I Mm -hmm. prime myself for each reading Mm -hmm. session I'm going to be filtering for those two things that I can Mm -hmm. do to improve my communication that I can take immediate Mm -hmm. action on. Mm -hmm. And all of that only takes a few minutes to set up, Mm -hmm. but it will do wonders Mm -hmm. for your ability to take action on what we're reading. Well, and we've talked about that so many times on the program with setting goals for your business, for your marketing, for all of those things. And, and, you know, one of the things that I like to say, it's very much, and I can't, I can't take credit for this. I have no idea who said it first, but it's like, you know, if you're, if you get into your car and you're tuned your GPS on and you say, take me somewhere, right? You have to give your GPS a goal. Take me to the grocery store. Take me to the bookstore. There actually is still a physical bookstore, not far from us. Um, And, but you have to give it a goal because more than anything, you need to know if you attain it. And yes. so I love that you read books with that exact same method. Yes, absolutely. I think it's really important. And uh, you're, you're totally right. You have to know whether or not you've attained your goal. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the SMART goal framework, because mm-hmm. you have to measure these goals. You have right. to know whether or not you accomplished mm-hmm. what you set out to do. And so I'll know by the end of reading mm-hmm. this book, whether or not I found and implemented mm-hmm. at least two strategies mm-hmm. to improve my communication. Right. So was the book useful or not? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's step number one. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe even before that, we could talk a little bit about setting some right. time into your calendar right. for reading mm-hmm. because because people are like, too. I don't have time. Nick, I'm sorry, I don't have time because I have to do this and this and this and this and this. And oh, look, there's something new on Netflix. I know, Deb. I love to ask people that say I don't have time. I said, if I paid you ten thousand dollars to read a book by the end of next week, do you think you could do it? And everybody says, well, I could read 10 books Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I was getting paid for it. So it's a question of prioritization. When I look at these books, I see money Mm -hmm. and I see a lot of value. Mm -hmm. And that's why I decide to read them. And so instead of finding time in your schedule, Mm -hmm. what I like to recommend for people, at least when they're first starting, Mm -hmm. is to replace 15 minutes of their morning Instagram or TikTok scrolling, Mm -hmm. and maybe just the first 15 minutes of their evening Netflix Mm -hmm. or Hulu or HBO. 15 minutes, reading a good book. Mm -hmm. Not a lot, just not the whole activity, just the Mm -hmm. first 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the average beginning reader might be able to read 10 pages Mm -hmm. in 15 minutes. And so Mm -hmm. that's 10 pages in the morning, Mm -hmm. 10 pages at the evening. Mm -hmm. You do that five days a week, that's 100 pages a week. And so many of these nonfiction books, these personal development right. business books, these self-help books, mm-hmm. they're only about 200, 250 right. so pages So you read long. a so, book-ish every two weeks. Yeah, which is amazing. That's 20 mm-hmm. to 25 right. areas of your life that mm-hmm. you can improve over the next 12 months right. by just replacing 15 minutes mm-hmm. here and there. And it's so funny because with Netflix, I can't even remember the main characters' names in mm-hmm. half the shows that I watched six months ago. And right. so talk about- mm-hmm an activity that's mm-hmm. low impact in the long mm-hmm. term. Right. Well, and of course the the hope would be that you've read for 15 minutes and thought I need to keep reading. 
you know, and, and again, it doesn't matter if it's fiction or nonfiction, you know, you want it to be a, a great book um, where it is hard to put it down, um, you know, and, and, and of course that's every author's goal is they don't want you to read just a little bit and, and put it down. But, you know, there are some where, you know, you read 15 minutes and you're like, well, not so much. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite podcasters, Tim Ferriss, he's mm-hmm. also one of my favorite authors. He and Ryan Holiday, another author podcaster, mm-hmm. were having a conversation and they talked about something called the rule of 100, which right. is an interesting framework. Mm-hmm. So they say, take your eight, take 100 and subtract mm-hmm. your age. Mm-hmm. And so right now I'm 29. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit up there. I'm almost 30 now. <laughs> and uh, so I've got to read at least 71 pages before mm-hmm. I can decide whether or not right. a book is for me. Mm-hmm. And so the older that you get, the less mm-hmm. you have to read because the wiser you've become. Right. Let's and just I say I read fewer. We don't have to give it a <laughs> just number, a couple right? of pages, just a couple of pages fewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the older you get, the wiser you are, the mm-hmm. less you have to read before you right. can determine whether or not a book is a good fit for mm-hmm. you. But right. Well, and then the important thing is if it's not a good fit, it's perfectly acceptable to put it back on the shelf or, you know, to, to get something else. And, and I mean, I know people who they're like, I bought the book. I have to read the book. Well, then they're getting nothing from it. You know, it might, and it might actually be a really good book, but because they've got that negative attitude, it's just not going to work. Yeah. I, I heard an author, Brant Mensoir say one time that even the best cup of coffee in the world will taste bitter if you're in a bitter mood. Right. So even the best book mm-hmm. in the world might underserve you if you're in mm-hmm. a bad headspace when you mm-hmm. choose to read it. Or it's, listen, if you're reading a, mm-hmm. a book and you don't have a specific intention, mm-hmm. right? It's a great book, right? but it's not relevant to a problem mm-hmm. you're trying to solve right. or a skill you want to improve. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, maybe it's not going to serve that for mm-hmm. you. Right. You know, and it, it's funny because as I was reading your book, one of my thoughts was, do you ever read non, or do you ever read fiction? And of course you, you answered that in the book. Because there is a place for fiction books in our lives, um, you know, and, and so that intention might be escape for a while or, you know, enjoy learning more about, you know, something like I like to read uh, mysteries. Um, and so it's, you know, can I solve the mystery before they solve it in the book? You know, things like that. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it, too. And it's funny because I think there will be a shift somewhere later in my life where I go from majority nonfiction business, personal development Mm -hmm. to majority fiction. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would love to spend months reading through the Harry Potter books or the Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. books or some of the more, you know, Mm -hmm. Wheel of Fortune, some, I mean, Mm -hmm. um, Wheel of Time, some of these more popular series Mm -hmm. that I haven't had a chance to read. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think there'll be a shift at some point later in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and, you know, let's be honest, there's, you know, only a certain number of business topics, you know, nobody has total flashes of in- inspiration anymore. They have different takes on it yes, and, and things like that, which is, is where it's, it's good. You can't say, well, I read a book about sales, so I never have to read another book about sales again. No, because there's going to be hundreds, thousands that have a different take on it and you might get something different out of it. So, but yeah, at some point it could be, okay, I've had enough. And I need to escape to Hogwarts, um, you know, and, and uh, so, but, you know, it's, it is, it is something where you, you can, it, you can always be entertained. 
um, you know, and, and, and learning and entertaining are not exclusive, um, you know, and, and so, you know, I like my mom, my mom is a big reader and she does not go anywhere without a book. You know, she has this giant purse. And so, you know, there's, there's always a book in it because you never know when you might be, you know, somebody's running late to meet you or, you know, you're early for an appointment or whatever you pick your book up and you read, you know, a little bit in it. So it's, it's a great way. And, and what I really love is when I see parents doing that with their kids, um, you know, whether it's that they're handing them a book in a restaurant or at, a, at an appointment or something. And then those kids are sitting there immediately engrossed in, in reading. And I just, I think that's such a fantastic habit that those parents are getting those kids into. Yeah, I think so too. I heard uh, an author say from Sage one time that as far as children are concerned, ideas and concepts are caught, not mm-hmm. taught. Right. And so it's not what you say, it's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. They're going to mimic your behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that uh, reading is an important piece of that. Right. Well, and, you know, children's books can teach us so many wonderful things. Somebody just yesterday sent me a Winnie the Pooh quote. And it was like, yeah, I mean, you know, Pooh always said the best things. And and I don't, you know, we're, we're not going to say how old I am, but even at my age, I looked at that and went, yep, that's, that's perfect. Thank you, Pooh. Um, you know, and, and, or, you know, any of those, you know, we can learn from those, you know, you, you learn to be a hero, you learn to help others, you know, all of these various things. And those aren't even talking about, you know, the, the books that are truly educational books. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it, it to me, it really is. I mean, reading is what they used to say. Reading is fundamental um, and it's just it gets you anywhere you want to go. Yes, it does. Absolutely. And in my world of, of just the personal development style reading, I mm-hmm. think it's important to add that reading is fundamental and mm-hmm. taking action is necessary. Right. Mm-hmm. because it's only by taking action that you really change your behavior. Right. You know, if you're trying to solve a specific problem mm-hmm. or you're trying to improve a specific mm-hmm. skill, you can't just sit back and read these books. Right. You have to take action mm-hmm. and apply them. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the examples that that you gave in your book, because I did, you know, I did a heavy skim of it, right? Is the, you know, you read it and you don't take action. I mean, you know, you can, a good example is, you know, that you read the book, and you go, wow, those are great diet and exercise tips. But if you don't do those diet and exercise tips, you know, you might as well just whacked yourself over the head with the book and gone on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to give an expanded version of what I wrote in the book with the following metaphor. I like to say, imagine you want to make the world's best chicken parm dish. Mm-hmm. So you buy a cookbook on chicken parm, you study it, you buy mm-hmm. all of the ingredients, you get the equipment, mm-hmm. you watch YouTube videos about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are just engrossed in this material. Right. And then you decide not to make the chicken parm. Right. You'll never know how it tastes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so many people are reading books on diet and fitness mm-hmm. and exercise, and they don't implement mm-hmm. anything. Or they read books on starting a business, but they don't start a business right. or improving their public speaking mm-hmm. skills, and they never get on a stage and mm-hmm. try them out. And so it's only through action that this intelligence mm-hmm. sort of takes place. And uh, yeah, it would be goofy if you read a cookbook and didn't try anything right. from the cookbook. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it is about taking that action and, you know, and maybe that action is to read more books. I mean, you know, it's, it's whatever it is, but it shouldn't just be read it and put it down. And by knowing what your intention was at the start, 
that's where that that leads to that. Because again, you're going to go, whoop, well, this isn't going to match. So I'm going to go on to my next book, um, you know, and and instead of, you know, wasting your time reading it, now you might go back to it later, right? You know, how many times have we gone, oh, wow, that's, you know, maybe I am going to, because a friend says, hey, Nick, did you read such and such a book or, or something? You're like, yeah, it's on my shelf. Um, but but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's something that, you know, we just, we, we have to have that intention. Um, so you cracked open that spine. You've written your intention. Now I'm going to put a sticky note. Okay. I, I just sticky note. <laughs> um, but, um, and, and then what, you know, how do we look through, uh, you know, how, how is it that we're going to read this book and actually make it something that will help change and shape our lives? Absolutely. Great question. There are a few steps that you can take here, but I'll talk about my process. Mm -hmm. So I like to separate reading and taking notes. I think that if you try to do both at the same time, that's a form of multitasking. You're a little bit less productive. So I like to stay in the flow. I like to read Mm -hmm. and I will with a highlighter or a pen mark Mm -hmm. off things that I want to go back Mm -hmm. and look at again, reflect on, Mm -hmm. maybe rewrite Mm -hmm. that are related to my intention. But I'll read through a few chapters. Mm -hmm. And once I'm done with that reading session, if I have the time and the availability, I'll then rewrite my favorite takeaways onto a physical piece of paper or a notebook. Oh, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, repetition leads to retention. Mm-hmm. Right. And rewriting your favorite takeaways mm-hmm. onto a piece of paper, mm-hmm. that's a form of repetition. Right. And it will and, help you retain the info. Right. And and speaking of that, there are studies that show that picking up a pen and paper and writing it, now it might not be legible to anybody else, but writing it as opposed to typing notes on a computer, that physical act of writing it engages your brain differently in a way that will help you retain it longer. Yes, absolutely. And why not do both? So I like to rewrite my favorite takeaways on Mm -hmm. paper first, Mm -hmm. and then I'll rewrite them from my chicken scratch Mm -hmm. onto onto an online notebook like Evernote. And so that way I'm rewriting them twice Mm -hmm. and I'm engaging two different parts of my Mm -hmm. brain maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I do like about an online notebook is that it's searchable. And so mm-hmm. you can always look up your you know, uh, notes about money or negotiation right. mm-hmm. when you're go- going to walk into mm-hmm. a situation where you might need to negotiate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what I like to do. Once I'm done with the book, I'll look over those takeaways mm-hmm. and I'll say, what 20% of these can I take action on? Mm-hmm. What 20% of these takeaways have the most likelihood mm-hmm of helping me achieve my goal Mm -hmm. of effective communication Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I'll take those and I'll plug them into my activity tracker. Okay. Now this is where I lose people sometimes because they say activity tracker. You give a good example in the book. So, you know, for those of you who are going, yeah, get the book and follow in there. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Jocko Willink, he's the author of a book called Extreme Ownership. Mm-hmm. He talks about a concept, discipline equals freedom. Mm-hmm. The more disciplined you are, the more free you can become. Mm-hmm. And I've found that's true in my own life. And by having an activity tracker where I can plug these activities mm-hmm. in, set a goal for the week, and then measure it throughout the week, right. I'm far more likely to take better action. And then mm-hmm. I'm also measuring the impact of that action to see mm-hmm. if it's worth keeping in my habits mm-hmm. and routines. On top of that, Deb, I have an accountability group that I meet with on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. A couple of my motivated friends, I started Mm -hmm. this with them a long time Mm -hmm. ago. And I'll tell them, hey, I just read this book, Amplify Your Influence. Mm -hmm. The author says to do this. I'm going Mm -hmm. to try that to improve my communication Mm -hmm. this week three times. 
And then next week I'll be able to follow up with them mm-hmm. and they'll say, Hey, right. did you try it out? What was the accountability? To- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Accountability is key. Mm-hmm. You know, people have a tough time showing up to the gym, but if somebody mm-hmm. else is waiting for them there, they're more likely to show up. Right. And so accountability, as far as personal mm-hmm. development goes and taking action on the books that we read, it works the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I love that concept of kind of that book club. I mean, you know, you might not be reading the same book because again, the intentions would be different. And so, you know, you, you don't want to say, okay, we're reading this, but having people reading all the different books and then discussing it together. You know, I love that. I think that's great because I guess where so many people get lost is we read it and we think, wow, this is fantastic. And then, you know, crickets. Um, but it's that discussing with other people that really makes it soak into, into you even more. Yeah, there are so many times where I've struggled to implement something mm-hmm. and simply by having some of my friends hold me accountable and mm-hmm. follow up with me, hey, mm-hmm. have you tried this out or whatever happened to that idea? Mm-hmm. I'm just so much more likely to take action when I have a community mm-hmm. of people that supports me. So, right. uh, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about how to find an accountability partner okay. or something Perfect. like that. Perfect. Yeah, let's let's do that because, you know, and and you talk in your book about you know, how we need to, who we need to associate with, um, you know, and, and all sorts of things, but, you know, especially like I, I don't go out and network anymore, you know, COVID, you know, did its number on me and, and I'm like, Hey, if I don't have to put shoes on, I'm great. Um, you know, and, and so finding those people and, but the, the other thing that has happened is now they can be around the world, right? You know, and, and so talk to us about how you kind of develop those accountability groups. I read a book called The Compound Effect by Darren mm-hmm. Hardy very early in my journey. Mm-hmm. And in that book, he talks about this concept of building an activity tracker mm-hmm. and then building an accountability group to review mm-hmm. it. And so I started doing that years and years ago with some mm-hmm. of my friends. And I think that when I when I talk about this on stage sometimes, I'll say to the audience, you know, hey, raise your hand if you're already in an accountability group. And most people don't raise their hand. Right. And then I'll say, they don't even look around because they know. Nope. <laughs> yeah. But I will raise my hand. I will say to the audience, raise your hand if you'd like to partner with somebody else in this room and start an accountability ah. group and everybody will raise their right. hand. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we just need to have a conversation with mm-hmm. a motivated friend or family mm-hmm. member. And you could start that conversation by asking them, hey, I remember you said you wanted to run a marathon last year. Mm-hmm. Did you ever make that happen? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I didn't get the training yeah. in, didn't mm-hmm. think I could do it. Well, maybe I could hold you accountable to doing that this year. Would you like to mm-hmm. maybe meet weekly and chat about that? Right. Sure. Or, hey, I gifted you a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad last mm-hmm. year. Did you have a chance to read it? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. Maybe I could hold you accountable to reading it. Mm-hmm. I know it could help you right. deal with a specific problem mm-hmm. that you're facing. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you can start these conversations. Mm-hmm. Or you could jump into Deb's community. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of very motivated right. business style people who are mm-hmm. interested in taking better action. Mm-hmm. And you can link up with people in her community too. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I Sometimes you can find those people right mm-hmm. within your friend group. Sometimes you've right. got to go to networking events mm-hmm. or meet people at a mm-hmm. conference. Maybe you've got to find other people mm-hmm. that follow the same influencers right. that you do and jump into their comment right. section. And you can meet amazing people mm-hmm. who just want to support you. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you mentioned that you have a big Instagram community. I would imagine you know, all somebody would have to do would be say, hey, I'm looking for four or five people. And you'd have you know, 50 who might say, hey, I want to do that. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. There are so many people out here that are on the same mission that we are mm-hmm. to live up to our potential. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes specifically the world of personal development mm-hmm. reading, it can be kind of a lonely place. Like mm-hmm. most people listening today, Deb, they might be the most motivated person in their friend right. group or their family. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't have to convert everybody into a personal development reader. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are just people, friends are just friends, mm-hmm. family members are just family members. Uh, but you can go out there with a little bit of deliberate action and mm-hmm. with some intention and and find good people that want to help right. support you. Right. And in the book, I, I give an outline of how I like to structure these meetings. I talk mm-hmm. about how often they should be held, where mm-hmm. they should be held, what are some, what's the structure mm-hmm. of the meeting, you know, who should be asking questions, right. how to build these activity mm-hmm. trackers. So everybody can check out the book mm-hmm. to learn a little bit more about that. But I'll tell you what, having a community that supports me and celebrates mm-hmm. my wins just as much right. as I celebrate theirs, it's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I love that you talk about having a structure to it because otherwise you're going to get together and, you know, as we're recording this, we're actually recording it a little bit earlier than it's going to air. You know, college football is about to kick off, you know, and so that might be a big topic. Everybody gets together and talks about, well, no, no, you're getting together, whether it's, you know, in person or or virtually to talk about your books, you know, so now you might structure it that the last 10 minutes you can talk about, you know, whatever's going on in somebody's life. But it's it's like with the book, you have to have that intention. Otherwise, it's going to go every which direction and then people will find no value to it and drop out. Yeah, one of the one of the early accountability partners I had, whenever somebody would go off topic and he mm-hmm. was moderating, he would say red light ah. and he would just kind of tune in red light. Mm-hmm. And that was just our sign mm-hmm. that, okay, we're now gossiping or we're mm-hmm. talking about football and we mm-hmm. need to get back on track because each person typically has 20 minutes, right. a little bit to share their experience mm-hmm. from the prior week, their goals for next week, mm-hmm. and then to take questions. And mm-hmm. in our groups, you got to stay on track. Right. And I, I love that line by Jim Rohn that we are the average of the five people mm-hmm. that we spend the most right. time with. I, mm-hmm. I repeat it a few times in the book because I think sometimes we don't realize mm-hmm. the impact that other people are having mm-hmm. on us. And so if you're in a group of, let's just say you define success by money. Mm -hmm. If you're in a group of five millionaires, you will be the sixth millionaire. But if you're in a group of five bums, you'll be the Mm -hmm. sixth bum. That's just how it works. We 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 raise ourselves or lower ourselves to be like everybody else. Yes. Yeah. And so it's important to surround Mm -hmm. yourself with motivated Mm -hmm. people, you know, a peer group who they're looking to accomplish the same Mm -hmm. things that you are. Right. You know, and, and it's also important then as to think about, okay, are these toxic people, you know, are they, you know, uh, you know, we want positive people in there. Now, can you have negative discussions? Of course, but you know, it shouldn't be that, you know, it's that life is horrible and life is awful and, and things like that. You, you want that positivity that's in there. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, I think it's one of the prerequisites the characteristics that I look mm-hmm. for in an accountability partner, right. somebody who is generally full of gratitude mm-hmm. and positive, but is also willing to give and receive constructive mm-hmm. criticism right. because mm-hmm. those tough conversations, I mean, that's where a lot of the magic happens. Mm-hmm. You don't want oh, to yeah. avoid situations that mm-hmm. have the opportunity to mm-hmm. improve your life. Right. Yeah. I remember years ago, years you weren't born yet. We'll just say <laughs> um, when, when I had a college professor, uh, she was teaching political science and she was, you know, she was, she was a little wackadoodle. Um, but obviously I learned from her because I still remember this. And one of the things that she told us was, you know, I will ask you what your political party is. Now, this was long enough ago. They could do that and not get in trouble. Um, but they would, you know, and, and she said, and then 
I will ask you to tell me why. And it should not be because my mother or my father or whatever. She said, you have to have your own rational reasons for it. Whether I agree with it or not, you have to have made up your mind. And, and I love that concept um, because it is pretty easy to be a sheep and just kind of go along with everybody else on whatever it is, you know. Um, and uh, but but yeah, you know, if, if you've come to that conclusion on your own, that's great. Um, you know, maybe nobody's going to change your mind about it, but you can have an intelligent discussion about it because you have thought things through. Yes. And I love to engage with people that see the world from a different perspective, that they're wearing a different mm -hmm. lens and uh, we see things in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I can learn so much from those types right. of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I love yeah. to engage with yeah, engaging with them is is fabulous. I'm, you know, there are some, you know, like radio talk shows that I listen to where I do not like what they're saying, but it reinforces why I think something, as opposed to just, well, you know, I'm, I, I think that because you know, it's like, oh no, okay, I think that because you know it's you know an end, but yeah, it's you know having those those intelligent discussions and and we're not talking about you know no name calling no none of that no folks this is these are our you know discussions where you are respectful to other people you know you can you might change your mind or it might reinforce why you think something um but but it's you know it, it really does you know let's let's make those brains work yeah we're all just people and mm -hmm. most of us have the same intention mm -hmm to live a great life, right. to support our family, mm -hmm. to remove financial scarcity, mm -hmm. to be healthy, to be happy. Uh, we just all have a different way of getting there and a different mm -hmm. lens through which we mm -hmm. see the world. And so, yeah, I generally try to support people and mm -hmm. think of people as uh, well-intentioned mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that's helped me a lot, right. I think, in my communication. Right. And, you know, if it's a person that's not going to be there, well, then you limit your time with them. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and I tell people, you know, I might not go have a drink with somebody, but I will at least be polite to them. Um, you know, and, and, uh, so that's, that's kind of the thing. Now, you know, the, the other thing that you have in your book, and I just, I thought this was really great because it was very different than, um, you know, there were, were a couple of things that struck me. Um, and, and obviously, and we're going to talk about your business pretty soon, but, you know, at least twice in the book. You very specifically say, if you've reached this point, go give us a review. And I loved that. I just thought that was so cool because the, the you know, you reach that page and you're like, ah, you know, I've, I've gotten halfway through. I can probably do a review now, right? Um, and and so again, that that you were putting an intention to them. And I just thought that was fantastic. Yes, it's uh an idea that I've only seen done one other place. Mm -hmm which is uh, a book called $100 Million Offers by Alex Hormozy. He was mm -hmm. an author that uh, he's had a big impact on my business, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a podcast guest on our mm -hmm. show. And when I was reading his book, he stopped and it was a very different call to action, but mm -hmm. it was around giving a review for the book. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And then I mm -hmm. went to his Amazon and he had a ton of reviews. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, yeah, right. why not put that halfway mm -hmm. through the book instead of at the end of the book, where mm -hmm. I've seen it only a few times, mm -hmm. most authors don't even put a call to right. action mm -hmm. for a review in the book. But mm -hmm. I just thought, listen, I genuinely believe that mm -hmm. this book can help my younger right. self, the version of mm -hmm. me who is just getting into the space. And mm -hmm. so I want it to be out there as much mm -hmm. as possible. And 
having people leave reviews mm-hmm. on Amazon, that's an amazing way right. for the algorithm to promote your book mm-hmm. a little bit more. And so why not give the ask? You mm-hmm. know, somebody's halfway through the book. Mm-hmm. If they've just found one thing that they thought right. was cool, go on and leave mm-hmm. a valuable review. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, I, I did. I Like I said, I, I'd never seen that before and I, and I just loved it. You know, and, and your book has so many great tips on being a better reader. But then you've got this whole section at the back where it's your bonus section. And, and I'm having to read this. So one more than 100, so 100 plus healthy, wealthy, and happy habits you can start implementing today. And each one gets a page. So tell us about why you decided to do that. Because I love that. Like I said, it, it, you know, it's totally different from what I have seen in other books. But it's 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 fantastic. I read them all. I mean, you know, I didn't get to the end and then go 100 happy. You know, I kept going because I thought they were great. Yes, I and and I'll say this with confidence, Deb. I'm at a place where I am totally healthy, wealthy, and happy. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely mean that. When people mm-hmm. ask me, what's your vision for the future? It's no different than today. Right. I just want to do more of the same. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, not too many people can say that with confidence. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between where they want to go right. in life and where they are today. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to achieve this genuine fulfillment mm-hmm. by implementing all of the habits that I mentioned mm-hmm. in the book mm-hmm. for health, for wealth, and for mm-hmm. happiness. Mm-hmm. And so- I thought at first, okay, maybe I can write a book just about reading and implementation Mm -hmm. strategies. That could be valuable. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if people will believe that I've implemented all of these things. So I wanted to document Mm -hmm. 35 healthy, 35 Mm -hmm. happy, and 35 um, wealthy tips Mm -hmm. that I've actually implemented from the Mm -hmm. books that I've read. And then tell everybody a little bit about Mm -hmm. what the importance is, Mm -hmm. the expected benefits, Mm -hmm. and then my experience implementing these Mm -hmm. things. And so I'm just hoping that people go through some of them, they find things that they might be able to implement that (laughs) Mm -hmm. might improve their health, their Mm -hmm. wealth, or their happiness, and uh, leave the reader a little better off. Mm -hmm. You know, I've read uh, about 500 of these personal development Mm -hmm. nonfiction books, so I might as well share some of my favorite tips. Right. And folks, these are easy tips. I mean, this is not, you know, lose 200 pound type of, of tips, you know, or, or things like that. Um, you know, I'm sitting here with my cup of coffee and, and one of them is on optimizing your coffee. And then immediately following that, no caffeine after midday, um, you know, and, and it's funny. I don't do caffeine after this is my one caffeine all day. I mean, I just, and I just have the one cup because if I drink, if I have something with caffeine, um, you know, after about three, at midnight, I'm still going, bee, bee, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, and so these are simple things, folks, like be around happy people. Seriously, how hard is that? But we have to, again, have that intention to do that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, small little things like like you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, the coffee one's a big one for me. I used to drink a cup of coffee in the evening whenever I would have to get some work done. I Mm -hmm. didn't realize that Mm -hmm. caffeine had a Mm half-life of six to eight hours, Mm -hmm. which means that half of the caffeine is still flowing through your system while Mm -hmm. you're sleeping, which Mm -hmm. means that your sl- you might still mm-hmm. be able to fall asleep, but right. the quality but it's of your not sleep gonna be a good sleep. It's not mm-hmm. as valuable. Yes. Right. Yeah. My little exactly. watch will tell me, no, you didn't. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> and and it's funny because you know, like I will think that I or no, you know, hey, I slept the whole night through. 
But my, my, my Apple watch will say, no, it was not a good quality of sleep, which I'm still not quite sure how it's telling that from the back of my wrist, but you know, okay. Um, you know, and, and, but, but yeah, it's, there are so many little things that we can do that make such big changes in our lives. And I think that more than anything, that was what I got from reading your book. Um, you know, we're, again, we're not talking, you know, that you have to read four hours a day and, you know, write 200 pages of notes about it and, and all of these things. It's not, you know, 15 minutes, you know, morning and, and before you go to bed, take notes, don't take notes, um, you know, whatever. But the, these are small things that you can do that then build, um, you know, and, and and you talk about that in the book is, first of all, we develop those habits. You know, if you are saying, I'm going to read for 15 minutes every morning, I remember, I think it's a Mary Kay, like Mary Kay Cosmetics. If you do something 21 days in a row, it becomes a habit that is then very, very difficult to break. So, you know, take up, take 21 days, three weeks and, you know, read for 15 minutes. You are probably then going to read for 15 minutes virtually every day, the rest of your life, or, you know, at the end or all of these things, because once it's in there, it's ingrained. Absolutely. Yeah. I think about serving my future self. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes I might be a little unmotivated or I'm a little tired, mm-hmm. but I want to keep the consistency and I'd like to serve my future mm-hmm. self. I know that Nick, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years mm-hmm. from now, will be very happy that the present version right. of Nick decided to read mm-hmm. and implement these books mm-hmm. and attempt to improve his life. Right. Right. You know, and, and that's the important thing is when we look back at our lives and you just talk about this a little bit in the book, too. When we look back, do we want to have regrets or do we want to say I lived every day the way I should have? Yes, absolutely. I think about it all the time. I know mm-hmm. we, we talked about it before we started rolling, mm-hmm. but I have a tattoo that says memento mori on my chest, mm-hmm. which essentially stands for you are going to die. Right. And it reminds us that we're mortal. Mm-hmm. It reminds us mm-hmm. that at some point, our heart will stop beating right. and uh, we won't have an opportunity to take action. Mm-hmm. And so we might as well do it now. We mm-hmm. might as well live the life that we truly want. One of mm-hmm. my favorite books is called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And mm-hmm. I know it sounds a little dark, but the idea is that you want to live a life that is uniquely fulfilling to right. you. You don't want to live a life based on other people's mm-hmm. expectations of you and then come to regret the fact mm-hmm. that you never tried that thing that you knew you were passionate about, like mm-hmm. starting a podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, but just didn't do it because you didn't mm-hmm. have the courage or you felt criticism from others. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a good reminder for that. Right. Well, we've only got about 10 minutes left, and I want to make sure that we talk about your company because it does such wonderful things for other authors. It's called Book Thinkers. So tell tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the first monetization strategy uh, happened because I was posting the books that I was reading on Mm -hmm. social media, and eventually authors started to reach out and say, hey, Nick, I stumbled across your page, Mm -hmm. and I noticed that your audience is the same as my target reader Ah, for the book. mm -hmm. Can I pay you for a book review? And And I thought- Ding, ding. <laughs> I thought that's pretty cool. I'm already reading these books uh-huh. for free. I might as well start reading and getting paid at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so each time I would end one of those reading book review engagements, mm-hmm. I would ask the author, hey, is there anything else that I can help out with as far mm-hmm. as book PR, marketing, mm-hmm. podcasting, helping with content, pod, whatever the case is? Uh, because that's what my degree was in. And right. I, I was working a full-time job, but I knew that I wanted to make book thinkers a full-time thing mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. And so I've tried out tons of different things over time, but 
today, BookThinkers is a, we have 10 people on the team and we do three things for authors, three Mm -hmm. core things. Mm -hmm. Number one, we still do book reviews. Mm -hmm. Number two, just like we talked about Deb a little bit earlier before we press record, we'll help authors get placed on podcasts so that they can talk about their books. Mm -hmm. And then number three, this is actually the biggest area of my business. We do short form video content. I love that. Mm -hmm. So we'll help an author turn their physical book Mm -hmm. into 50 to 100 pieces of short form Mm -hmm. video, meaning 15 to 60 Mm -hmm. seconds in length, right? so that they can talk about their book, but also provide value to their audience. Mm -hmm. And so we fly out, we bring the cameras, we bring Mm -hmm. the lighting, we help with the scripting, Mm -hmm. we film all the videos, then we do all the editing and give them back Mm -hmm. to their team. And so they can get out there and sell their book on Mm -hmm. Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and Facebook and all these places. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And of course, seeing a video of the author saying, you know, hey, I've got this great tip for you. Have you thought about, it? you know, it's, it's you're going to think, ooh, wonder what else they have. And, and of course, that's the, the thing is, is then you want the other, you know, and, and I love this on your front and center on your, your uh, website. It says at Book Thinkers, we believe the right books at the right time can change lives. Are you ready to change more lives? And, and I just, I really love that. And, but it's, you know, we mentioned at the very start, you were 20 and books changed your life. And, you know, and, and, and I don't care if you're 20 if, or you're six or, you know, 60, 90, you never know when reading those books, reading the right book at the right time will make a change. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe that. I mean, it's happened to me so many times and it's happened to people in my community so many times Mm -hmm. that nobody can convince me otherwise. It's it's my lived experience Mm -hmm. that these books have created my dream life Mm -hmm. and it didn't take that long. Mm -hmm. It just, these books can be purchased generally for $20 Mm -hmm. a piece Mm -hmm. and you can read them generally in about Mm -hmm. four or five hours. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) that's not a big price to pay $20, a few hours of your time Mm -hmm. to solve a problem or Mm -hmm. to create, you know, get one step closer to your dream life. And it's available to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's available to everybody. And that's what I love about it. You know, and, and again, folks, you know, think about doing that as opposed to let's watch, binge watch whatever, you know, TV show is on um, or, you know, read People Magazine or just scroll through YouTube videos. Spend that time enhancing your life. Um, you know, I don't think there's probably ever really been a TV show where people went, ah, I have to change my life, right? Um, you might be, you know, depending on what it is, there might be a little something. But yeah, I mean, there are books that, you know, you can go, wow, this this really is something that I need to be doing. Yeah, so many of us think that our personal experiences are unique to us. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, a hundred billion people have lived before us. Right. And so many of those people mm-hmm. have dealt with the same problems mm-hmm. that we're currently facing, mm-hmm. maybe in a little bit of a different way, mm-hmm. but something similar. And literally millions of those people have written books. Mm-hmm. So right. there's a good book out there to solve almost every mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. They've condensed decades of lived experience mm-hmm. into days of reading. Right. And for $20 and a few hours of mm-hmm. your time, you can solve that problem. And that's mm-hmm. what I love about self-help or personal mm-hmm. development is that these are actionable and mm-hmm. they can solve pain. Right. Fiction can too. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like in an escape. It, escape and sometimes we need that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But but yeah, it's it really is something that is just 
phenomenal um, with the impact that it can have. And, uh, you know, and, and it, it breaks my heart when I have people say, oh, we don't read. We don't read. And I'm like, you don't even read something like People Magazine or no, we just don't read. Um, you know, and, and, uh, but, but yeah, and, and as you said, we can pick that up anytime, you know, maybe we didn't read as kids, fine, start reading now, whatever point you're in and, and you have the, the, the quote in your book and I'm going to get it wrong. So I'm going to have you do it about the right time to do something. Yeah. Well, I just believe that, uh, the right time is now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I say this a few different ways in the book, but, uh, there's an old Chinese proverb, which says the best the best time to plant a tree uh, was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And we we don't want to live lives of regret. We want to mm -hmm. take action. We want to live in the present moment. We want to serve our future self. Mm -hmm. We want to do things that are productive and engaging. And also, you know, fill us with joy and fulfillment. Right. I think that's a really important part of it mm -hmm. too. Right. Yeah, because... And all we have to do is turn on the news and go, <laughs> right? I don't watch the news because I don't want to go. Ugh. Me neither. Um, you know, and and <laughs> I mean, I know what's going on in the world because they post about it on Facebook, right? Um, but but yeah, I and but I get just enough. I don't have to wallow in it. I don't have to know the all the horrible, awful, or even the good. I mean, like I watch CBS Sunday Morning News because it's good, feel good stories. It's the only news program I watch. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it is something where it, it's you know th that word's going to come up again. Intention. What is the intention of your life? You know, when we're at the very end, what do we want? our obituary or our headstone to say, um, you know, now if it would say, I still have 30 books to read. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know? Same, yeah. as, as long as those 30 books weren't just sitting there forever. But, um, but, but yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's incredible. Well, Nick, oh my gosh. See, this is why I set a timer because we could talk about this forever because it truly is, you know, such a, a passion for me. And, you know, and, and that's a big part of why I do this program is to, to help people and, and to connect with authors and, and, you know, as you said, have them share their knowledge. But tell us a little bit more specifically about book thinkers. How do they find you and what are the services again that you provide? Sure. So you can find us at bookthinkers.com. It's spelled just like it sounds or bookthinkers on Instagram. That's our biggest community. Uh, if you want to find some like-minded people, you can check us out over there. And listen, Deb, anybody in your community that wants a personalized book recommendation from me can just send me a DM on Instagram. Perfect. I answer every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Tell me the problem you're facing. Tell me the skill that you'd like to improve and why. Mm -hmm. I might ask a few follow-up questions and then I will provide a book recommendation and even follow up with you to see if you've had a chance to read it. So that's that accountability. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love it. And again, it's bookthinkers.com, right? Yes. Cool. Cool. I love it. Well, this really has been so much fun and, and I would love to talk with you again, because I think this is just so important. Um, you know, not only helping authors get their message out, maybe that's what we talk about next time is what, you know, let's talk more about book thinkers and, and how people get their message out. But I, I look forward to, to chatting with you again, but do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? One of my favorite books is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And in that book, he says, reality is negotiable. What he means is that each and every one of us has the agency, has the kind of life that is uniquely fulfilling to us. 
You don't have to live your life based on society's expectations or other people's expectations of you because that typically leads to a life full of regret. And at the end of your life, you won't have the power to go back and change things. So make sure you do it now. Like we talked about, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. That's the only option that you have. So design a life that makes you smile, that helps you positively impact other people and don't regret it. I love that. I love that so much. Well, you know, I have been having a delightful conversation with Nick Hutchison. He is the founder of Book Thinkers. He is also the author of Rise of the Reader, Strategies for Mastering Your Reading Habits and Applying What You Learn. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.